Hello and welcome to Divided by Brand, the weekly podcast show for entrepreneurs, business owners and influencers. If you want to learn more about branding, hear from industry experts and first-hand accounts about ways that you might find yourself divided by your own business's brand, then this is the show for you. Join me, your host, Dan O'Cook, a brand identity specialist with over 20 years design experience and founder of Vi Design Co. I'm going to talk everything brand, but more specifically, I want to go behind the scenes of real life brand challenges that businesses and individuals have faced that has left them divided in their mind or divided by the people around them. I want you to learn with me exactly what real life brand divides people have faced and by overcoming them, did they help to create success? It's the show that's going to have a host of different branding stories. I'm going to be speaking with people on personal branding, corporate branding. I want to speak with artists and designers, even streamers. I want to put these guests in front of you and get them to open up about their own brand divides. And I think you'll agree, that's quite enough jazzy intro. Can we just start the show, please? Hello and welcome to this episode of Divided by Brand. My name's Dan O'Cock and here's what's coming up on today's show. I've got a Divided by Brand spotlight guest on this episode. Her name is Taisha Bradley and Taisha is based in the US and is a celebrity publicist. She also strategically consults, coaches and advises creative entrepreneurs on how to generate, leverage and repurpose media coverage for business and personal brands. And Taisha is somebody that's been able to carve out a very specific niche for herself from a very early age. She's found herself being able to do what she loves most. So I'm gonna find out from Taisha how she's managed to do that, what it has meant in terms of a brand to her. We're also gonna find out who the celebrity member of her family was and how that's played such a key role in shaping her into the person and the business that she now runs. So join me as I speak to Taisha on this episode of Divided by Brand. Welcome to the show, Taish. It's absolutely awesome to have you on. Um, it feels like a long time ago since we had our kind of intro <laughs> chat call, but you know, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It has been some time. A lot has transpired, but we are back and I am so, so ready and excited for this awesome. call. Well, look, what I, what I like to do at the start of an episode is as a way to kind of just hear what everybody's been up to. Um, from a business side of things, I like to hear a couple of wins for you over the last few weeks. Some things that have happened business-wise that have been good or, you know, achievements that have happened for you. Yeah, sure. Awesome. I would love to share that. Tell um, me. So big, big news is that I have 
uh, change my business structure from a sole proprietor to a corporation. I'm an S-Corp. So now I'm Taisha Bradley Incorporated. And that was very exciting. I think like a lot of sole proprietors think that LLC is the next you know, logical level for them um, for business structure. But I got some assistance from the Tennessee Small Business Development Center and they took a look at my business model and said, you know, you would be so much better as an S-Corp. So I looked into it. It was a super easy process and um, I'm excited to be incorporated. Well, congratulations. That's an achievement. (laughs) I love it. I've not had somebody who's come on just having, you know, gone or gone through that transition. They usually either about to do it or they're kind of fully fully fledged business so that's really really good news anything else that you want to share what else have you been doing um let's see so i was invited to be a part of a virtual conference uh in november so i'll actually be able to go to the conference and be on stage and you know um it's it's the lighting and everything that it would normally be just without an audience and i am able to do that with um some fantastic ladies who are here in my local community but they do so many things across the u.s they work with a lot of celebrities and you know i'm a publicist and so I'm just so honored and excited to be on the stage with this lady. So that's really going to take um, my career to the next level. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to get a bigger room. That's something that I was hoping for. You know, oftentimes I'm really big about growing. And when I feel like I'm super comfortable with what I'm doing and where I am, it's time to grow. And so I was looking for an opportunity to grow. And it just, you know, kind of showed up on my doorstep. Check so that's that very exciting for November. Um, I, we, I haven't even told anyone yet. So you have exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like exclusives. Um, what's the name of the, the conference then? Do you want to share details? Or have we not got any details that we can share yet? Um, I don't have any details that I can share just yet. Okay. Um, however, I will share that the the person whose conference it is, her name is Michelle Gibson. Okay. Um, and she's a fantastic lady. She does work um, all over the country. She works in production um, and she does uh, the production behind the scenes of a lot of award shows. Fantastic. Well, we'll put some links in the show notes to Michelle's site as well, so that when that conference, um, you know, gets shared and becomes available, people yes. can people can go check that out. Yes, for sure. She does conferences, but you know, it's been a little while because of the pandemic. So mm. she's all. I've always like seen her things, like, oh, I want to go. This is so amazing. You know, never thought that I could be on stage, <laughs> you know, for one of her conferences. But we met at a networking mixer that I held. And we just really hit it off. We stayed in touch and, you know, here we go. So relationships, relationships, relationships. I love it. <laughs> so listen, what a, what an awesome set of wins. I mean, there's two that are just brilliant. It, and don't you find that when you, sometimes when you have a, a win or you work for yourself, that they're not quite as, I'm never as jubilant over a win when I can't share it with anybody. And so it's often important to just stop and go, you know what? Mm -hmm. That's a win, right? You know, so well done to you for for that. I think that's awesome work. Thank you. And I don't normally share my wins. I need to do it a whole lot more. Um, I'm so used to share other people's wins. Like that's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) So if you didn't ask me, I probably never would have even mentioned it, but so thanks for asking. No, that's really good. (laughs) So actually, I think that the, um, the idea and the concept of, of being on stage, I think that's a nice little segue into telling the listeners a little bit of background about some of your history. And 
Um, I think I want to kind of bring in the, the, the family history side of things and how mm-hmm. you've ended up in the role that you currently have. So looking at my sure. notes here, I'm saying, looking at the summary of stuff, and did it, would it be fair to say that you class yourself as a celebrity publicist? And if we were to describe that, this is, I think I probably grabbed this from your site. So you're overseeing the public image um, and managing all media relationships of a celebrity client. Is that a good summary? That is a great summary. That's a great summary. But let me back it up to define celebrity. Yeah. Um, you know, when I say I'm celebrity publicist, I did start out just, you know, kind of working with celebrities. And that was my thing. I also always work with entrepreneurs as well. Um, but entrepreneurs, that is a type of celebrity. You can be a celebrity in your own industry. The definition of some of celebrity is someone who's famous or well-known. Okay, So, you know, well-known means celebrity. So, you know, even though people may not be, you know, in Hollywood and it may not be the typical kinds of celebrities. Um, I do work with people who are well known. Brilliant. And and yeah, I'd not even thought about it um in that sense. But I guess, yeah, the right entrepreneur certainly is mm-hmm. exactly that. Oh um, yeah, think about it. Think about, you know, the entrepreneur Gary V. It's, it's, yeah. he, he's a business person, but he's certainly a celebrity, you know, sold out shows. People want his autograph. People know him everywhere. And that is that is something that's tangible and possible for any entrepreneur. If you, um, you know, approach your business in the right way, you have to be the face of your business, but you can totally be famous or super well-known, you know, in the world or even just in your industry or even in your niche. So who or what forms the brunt of your your work at the minute? Um, is, is it actors and actresses or, I guess, music artists, or is it these celebrity entrepreneurs? Who are you working with at the minute? Um, mostly entrepreneurs. Um, so a couple of years ago, I started um, an organization in my community called the Rutherford County Black Business Network. And it was because I live in an area um, that has a lot of people moving in from other places. And so the, the black community is steadily growing, um, but you know, there, there just weren't like a lot of resources, the specific resources for black owned businesses, for black entrepreneurs, you know, everything is just really general. And so people were asking for something, you know, really specific. So I put together this organization and we were just like all peers taking turns, teaching each other, um, you know, kind of what we what we knew in business. And so it just really grew and formed, you know, kind of in other things. And I got really connected in the entrepreneurship community, you know, where I live. And so that's how a lot of people know me. I do a lot of things locally. And so that's how a lot of people know me. And so there's um, just very much, it's, it's, it's just so easy right (laughs) you know I like working with people who are on the cusp of greatness you know they're just super grateful you know I'm able to help a lot um and it just works where I am in my in my lifestyle um when I was working for more celebrities um back in like the uh I'd say early mid 2000s um it was a lot of it was a lot of work it was a lot of being um you know being on on duty (laughs) 
it was traveling, you know, it was a lot of crisis communications and it was just really heavy. But when I started my family, you know, I wanted to have something that was kind of more normalized in a nine to five. And I found that working with entrepreneurs um, work better for my, for my lifestyle. And I really, really um, enjoy it. You know, I just get to be so one-on-one with people and they're so appreciative. I learn so much. That is really my groove. So I've been specializing a lot more with entrepreneurs, but I do still have some celebrity clients that um, that are on retainer um, that I keep. We have like a long-standing relationship. And so I, I have those clients, but I would take new celebrity clients. Okay. Well, <laughs> you can tell me no one's listening, but I want to know who's who are the best t- people to work with, the entrepreneurs or the actors? Well, <laughs> I love to put people money on the spot. Money wise, it would be. <laughs> it's not to be money. I'm just, in, I'm just intrigued to know who you feel like. The, who's the best to work with? Is there a best? Is I don't know. Uh, I don't think there's a best. You know, I kind of see everyone as equal. I see my celebrity clients and I see celebrities as real regular people, as entrepreneurs. Um, You were talking about going back. I grew up with a celebrity in my family. So, you know, it's been very normalized for me. And I just see people as people. Um, But I would just say that there's a lot more demands when working with a celebrity client because they have a manager, they have an agent, you know, there's all these other people who are in the mix where when I'm working with with entrepreneurs, it's usually just the two of us. Now, listeners won't realize what you did there, but you skimmed over something that I want to actually get you to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) You You said I have a celebrity in my family and I thought, you know, let's... Tell them, tell tell them who um, the celebrity is, and sure. a little bit about how that shaped what you do. I guess I'm quite intrigued, you know, to hear that from you again. We talked about it on the intro call, but just to let everybody else know. Yes. So um, my great uncle, um, he is my late great uncle, is Bill Pinkney of Bill Pinkney and the Drifters and the original Drifters. And he um, made beach music. Um, I'm from South Carolina originally. And beach music is a huge thing, you know, kind of in the South, especially in South Carolina. Um, and he was really famous for making beach music. He also um, recorded, you know, Under the Boardwalk, Up on the Roof. Those songs that we um, that we hear, they originated with my uncle. <laughs> um, and so I grew up in, in that family of music um, with my uncle. He traveled, I went to his concerts, you know, tours, we're backstage, you know, press. Yeah. It was so normal to me because it was just what I grew up with. I thought, you know, hey, it's my Uncle Bill. He can sing pretty good and people like him. You know, here we go. <laughs> I had no idea, you know, how, what a celebrity was or what fame was or even how famous he was um, until I was maybe eight or nine and um, James Brown came to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and and I, I knew who that was for sure. <laughs> well, there's a sentence. And he sentence. was friends with my uncle. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, hmm. Maybe he's more famous than I thought. <laughs> yeah, that, that sentence in itself, and I said that, didn't I, on the call, it's like, James Brown came to Christmas dinner. Well, there you go. How many people can say that? Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I do apologize. Yeah, of course. Thanksgiving yes. dinner. Um, yeah, fantastic. and that's when I kind of realized, like, you know, okay, maybe my uncle is a bigger 
celebrity than I thought, you know, because he's just he's just uncle. <laughs> um, and then I started to pay attention more when I went to concerts. You know, I would watch people. I would watch people stand in the audience and just like screaming their heads off or crying or you know trying to get backstage to get in, in an interview or an autograph. You know, um, and the day that I I really it really really clicked for me and something sparked in me was I was in a in a crowd. Um, you know, there were people, um, and. I don't remember exactly how it came up, but I ended up telling the people that that was my uncle. I was like, oh, that's my uncle. <laughs> oh, I remember. I was just kind of standing there, like, ready to go. I've been to every concert. And they were like, what's the matter? You don't like the music? I'm like, yeah, I just hear it all the time. That's my uncle. That's what it was. Right. I was not seeming enthusiastic. But, you know, it was regular for me. I was a little kid. I know. Um, and so, you know, they they were talking to me and they wanted to take a picture. And, you know, they it was it turned into a whole big thing so that I just kind of had these people around me talking to me. And I'm like, wow, wow. OK, you know, I like this attention. You know, this is fun. <laughs> but, you know, um, and that's when I learned that, you know, there was really like a following and, you know, the, the, the whole celebrity thing was a thing. And then I started to really like, you know, the lights, the sound, the people. I just started to really hone in on that. And I was like, you know what, I like this whole vibe. And it just kind of stuck with me with everything I did, you know, kind of going forward, being in that environment. I just desire, you know, the lights and the action and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge thing to have as part of your life aged eight, mm -hmm. well, below eight and then up to the age of eight. So, yeah, I mean, things that go on in my life right now are influenced very heavily by what I did. I remember going to work with my dad. He, he's a di or was a director of a photography studio, and it was a real buzz to be in and around these creative people. I mean, at the time, it wasn't digital, so it was all done on film, and it was like there was the sets were all there, and they'd have the props, and then the, and maybe a model would come in. It was like, and I could see it all coming together, and then they take the picture, and then of course that's the end result is seeing it all kind of put together. And that what you're explaining is just a totally different story, but it's still the story of a kid absorbing all of the experiences that's going on and all of the feelings that are going on, emotions as well, um, right? To shape you into to to who you are and what you've become. So, yeah, I didn't realize that it shaped me until I went to college. <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted to kick it on. So I wanted to kind of just spend a little bit of time saying what what you studied and how you kind of, you know, did you prep yourself through education to do what you do now? What, what did you do at college? Sure. Um, when I started off in college, just say in all through school, I was great in science. And I was like, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm into biology. You know, I'm going to be an OBGYN, deliver babies, doctor, like, you know, the whole thing. When you're a kid, what you want to do? Doctor, yeah. lawyer, firefighter, teacher. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and so I did I did that. I went to college, um, majored in biology. But what I'm not great at is math. And there's a whole lot of chemistry <laughs> and within chemistry there's a whole lot of math and so I was like yeah I don't think this is for me so I saw my advisor and I talked about you know what I liked what I was into you know we determined that I was a creative and they just had a new major at my college called integrated marketing communication and with that you took classes in like marketing promotions advertising graphic design photography you know, radio, TV production, sign me up. Like that sounds yeah. nice. Um, and so I signed up for it and I loved it and it loved me. Like I did so great with that, that it was, it became, you know, kind of very natural to me. And I was like, wow, okay. 
well, you know, maybe this is my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I stayed in it. I really liked it. It came internship time and, you know, I had to get an internship. Um, most people, you know, in college, they have like a list of the places that you can internship. I'm like, yeah, everybody gets those. I don't want that. I'll find my own. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was charged with finding my own internship and I decided that, um, you know, I wanted to do something kind of fun and cool and hip. And um, it happens that there was a brand new hip hop radio station that had just moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, which is about 20 minutes um, away from where I went to college in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Shout out to Winthrop. Nice. <laughs> um, and so I contacted the radio station. I was like, hey, you know, do you guys have any interns yet? I'm interested in being an intern. And they said, well, actually, we don't have an internship program. And I'm like, oh, man, like, OK, <laughs> are you thinking about getting one? And they were like, well, you know, if you are seriously interested, set one up for us, you know, do whatever you need to do with the school and we'll make it happen. So, of course, I did. Of course <laughs> Contacted did. the school, went back and forth with my advisor, did all the paperwork, got everyone to sign. Um, she came and met everyone at the station, took a tour, and got the internship. Um, and so that was super fun. So, again, that was thrust right back into the celebrity. Um, I thought, initially, I thought, you know, as an intern, you know, I'll be helping out, doing paperwork and whatnot. But I'm, like, pretty ambitious, and I have a lot of ideas, and I'm not too shy. So, you know, I, I had a lot of input and they were like, all right, we like you. <laughs> uh, we're a keeper. So I got to do yeah. so much. I got to interact with the celebrities like all the time, like picking up celebrities from the airport, um, escorting them different places, just hanging out, um, being in the studio where they're different like artists uh, there on the radio live, like performing um, movie premieres. Like it was just amazing <laughs> it was imagine. just amazing I, it was just star studded like all the time and so as you can imagine i was pretty popular at school because you know i always had tickets to everything <laughs> <laughs> um so once um during the internship i helped found a high school internship program and helped manage those interns as well um and then we also got more college interns so it turned into a full-fledged thing but of course you know once my internship was over i was sad and i didn't want to leave and they didn't want me to leave either. But I'm like, do I just stay and like do this stuff for free? And they were like, how about we just pay you in like <laughs> tickets and prizes and all kinds of, and I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> and so she that's what I did. Asked. I stayed at the radio station <laughs> for like another year and a half, you know, just getting tickets to everything. And that made me super popular because like after a while, I, I was just like, I don't want to go to a concert. Does anybody want Mary J. Blige concert tickets? Yeah, so, so you, <laughs> became the celeb like, you became the celebrity, celebrity <laughs> ticket giveaway, right? Um, I guess so. I even got the radio station to come to campus one day. We were having like an event and I was like, hey guys, what are you doing? Just pop up. <laughs> and so they did. That was pretty awesome too. I love it. So it definitely had its perks. But I would say like, you know, what happened to me in my childhood very much so prepared me for being at the radio station because I didn't have the starstruck thing. And then also kind of knew like the celebrity decorum, the expectations, things, you know, just from being around it when I was younger and, you know, consistently that it just made me, it made a really smooth transition um, into radio. So you are an unusual guest at the minute because most guests so far that have come on the show have had points in their um, life where they've usually been following the path that they they thought they liked until quite a late or later stage and they were like hang on a minute i hate this and then they've gone off to do something that they really love you've just done what you love from well 
from the minute you realized you hated maths you found the thing that you wanted <laughs> right <laughs> so you know that's i did it kind of found me you know it kind of found me it was a luck of the thing i changed my major i'm like all right that's fine just changed my major and like it was it was a great thing for me i will say though that i did i didn't always stay on the path like i've strayed from the path and been in different fields and i'm like i don't like this at all i'm going oh, back right. okay <laughs> to so what, what i know you know sometimes money will make you do that you know so tell me can you give me an example of when you've strayed away from the path when you've like thought mm, that's a nice amount of money i want to go do that what what stuff have you done i'm um, sure so um i relocated and you know sometimes we relocate and you're looking for employment again you know if it takes too mm -hmm. long you kind of take what might be fine and so i ended up um doing some contractual work right uh editing being an assistant for um a i'm trying to think of what you call it let's rewind it back an agency that was like foster care. And so, you okay. know, they're home studies for foster children. And so I was the assistant of the person who was over the home study department. Um, and so of course, you know, I, because the background in journalism, marketing communication, I was a really strong writer and I would help her proofread and edit a lot of the home studies that the contractual writers would, would write. And so it was easy for me. It was fun. I was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll do that. And so then I started taking on more and more things <laughs> yeah. um, within that. Um, and so I became like the point person for all the home study writers. You bring all your stuff to me. I make sure everything is fine. And so once, once you do that, you may as well be a home study writer, right? Because mm -hmm. it's extra money. And I was like, oh, well, I'll write foster care home studies as well. So I ended up going to people's homes and um, interviewing them to see if they're fit to be foster parents. And I'll write this beautiful narrative about, you know, <laughs> their whole life. Um, and, you know, I was like, all right, this is pretty fun. So then if you're already doing that, then you may as well teach the foster parent classes, right? Because <laughs> it's all in the same. So I was like, all right, give me a contract for that. <laughs> so I, I I'm am proofreading and editing, and I'm writing, <laughs> I'm and I'm teaching a, classes. <laughs> I am seeing a pattern emerge here because the comment- You're seeing a pattern? <laughs> well, the word assistant and Taisha don't mix. <laughs> You're not an oh, assistant. Yeah. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, and so very let's quickly, <laughs> let's let's very quickly make clear that you're when you're getting interviewed at a job, um, and they say to you, "What do you want to do, or where do you want to be in ten years?" and you're quite likely to just say, "I'm going to be where you're sitting." <laughs> to the yeah, person, I'm not on the place. I'm going to own, own the place. I can tell. <laughs> I love it. I really do. That's um, hilarious. So with with that, doing all of those things, like I started to know people and started going to like the state trainings and knowing you know people at the main agency and of course i got offered a job a full-time job at a a full-fledged foster care agency um and so i did that for a year and a half and it was so heavy daniel like i couldn't take it mm. i love the highs of it you know like place you know writing the home studies getting to know all these people and you know, I love stories. That's why I'm a publicist. I love to be in like people's business. I know, know their life. And these are people like pouring their whole business out to me. And I'm like, yes. And then what happened? <laughs> you know? And, then, um, and, and then. so <laughs> I did like that part, you know, and I loved it when I was able to place children in homes. Uh, my very first placement that they adopted the, the child. I was like elated. I was like, I love this so much. But the heavy sides of it, 
to see the children, to hear their stories, yeah. to hear stories of people who want to be foster parents who want to do that because they had trauma in their lives, mm-hmm. you know? And I have to sit and listen to these stories and I'm, I'm a Virgo and I'm an empath. And like, it was just negatively affecting me. It was just really yes. bringing me down. And I was like, I don't think that I'm cut out for this because what I woke up and realized one day was that I'm a social worker, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and that's no, I mean... not something that I would sign up to be. You know, I know my limits and that's not something, you know, I'm really emotional. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't think that I need to keep this role because social work is a lifestyle. Let me say that. It's, it doesn't go away, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I couldn't separate it from it. So I was like, yeah, I'm going back my direction <laughs> yeah, where I, I mean, was. And what I d- decided to do instead of going to a corporate or an, uh, back in a corporate or nonprofit PR was to start just full-time freelancing on my own. And I did that for about a year and a half, but, you know, I got a little scared and I went back, like, to work, work. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess the, you know, you saying that, you know, I started to do a bit of freelancing, that is the birth of your brand, your personal brand, right? Is this when, I guess you could even say that your personal brand could have even started way back in college when you were kind of giving out the free tickets because it was, you know, it's Tisha who's got the contacts. It's Tisha who's getting us, hooking us up with the tickets and who knows the people who knows the people. That's, you know, essentially that was the start of your brand in my eyes, perhaps. What do you think? I never thought about it. I never thought about it that way. Um, I just because, thought that like I was lucky, <laughs> ambitious and lucky, and I had a really cool internship. <laughs> yeah, I, and well, I wouldn't have said lucky. With benefits. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have said lucky by any stretch because I think it's taken you hard work and dedication to get that. So I don't think luck is a factor. Um, the, the luck side maybe is because of the family background, but I, you know, you, you've worked to get where you are. But I feel like the brand that is Taisha Bradley started way back in college you know do you, i mean do you know and mm-hmm. keep in touch with any friends from way back then oh absolutely so they know absolutely. what you do, and they know what you do right oh yeah for so, sure for sure so, they know what i do <laughs> so there you go that's my point that they remembered you and having a having a powerful brand is part of that um, that influence and being able for people to, when they hear your name or, or see a f- picture of you, they know and they, they're able to resonate with what you, you do and what you can do for them. So for me, that was the start of your brand, but what a story. Awesome. I mean, what a story and what a journey to bring it to where it is now. <laughs> um, sure. Well, exactly. That's where the celebrity publicist moniker came in. Like, I didn't give that to myself. You know, people gave that to me back then because, of course, you know, you have your your talented people on campus, you know, that want to do things. And, you know, I'm like, I'll be your publicist, (laughs) you know, so we're doing, you know, the little low budget shows and clubs and whatnot or getting like a interview here and there. Um, And so that's kind of where it came in from the celebrity publicist thing, kind of like as a as a joke. But it stuck. And I was like, oh, that's cute. So I just kept it. (laughs) So what I want to ask as well, it always makes people ask. Yeah, I mean, what I want to ask as well is when the like the, the the visual part of the identity. When did things like when did you say to yourself, Do you know what I need? I think I need a logo so people can identify with what I do. And when you know, I need a website so I can put myself, start marketing and pushing stuff out. When did those elements come into the equation for you? Um, about two years ago, 
I, uh, I, I kind of retired myself from <laughs> working outside of the home, you know? Um, and so that is when I was like, all right, we have to be so, so serious. <laughs> you know, I have to be serious. This is the really thing. If I'm really not going back to work and I really want to be okay with that, I have to take business seriously. So I ended up taking an online, a six week online entrepreneurship class that just really changed the game for me. And it showed me how to actually build a foundation and then built from the ground up. And so when we start businesses, a lot of us, we get excited because we want to do the branding first, right? What are my colors? What is my logo? What is my thing? But if you don't have like your, your brand, um, just your aesthetic kind of set already, or if you don't know what it is, it's kind of hard to bring yourself first <laughs> yeah, and then live up to what your branding is. And so what I learned was that I just kind of had to go as me <laughs> and well, do no. just do things as me until I yeah. found out like who I was and how people saw me and how I presented and, you know, what I vibe with. And I will say that I've gone back and forth a lot of times and I still do, you know, because especially when you're creative, you don't like to be stuck, <laughs> you know, no, boxed, in, boxed in a thing. I find that um, fascinating so that you I really have a logo. I use my name as my logo, signature yeah. logo. But I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating the way you answered that because um, quite clearly you just, you, you wanted to do it yourself. And so you just, you weren't, you weren't able to explore things like logos or colors or fonts because you weren't really sure there was just so much more to it, right? And so, so much more to it. So yeah. many more things that I needed to worry about. Like, I see that as like, this is how I tell people. I teach an entrepreneurship class too. Um, and this is kind of how I tell people because people, they, their students are so worried about logos and colors and branding. I'm like, listen, we're here. We're building a house. We're working on the foundation right now. No need to pick out paint colors. No need to pick out decor. Like we're nowhere near that part. You wait until your house is built, <laughs> you know, laid out, <laughs> yeah. built. And then you go in and you decorate and, you know, you decide that maybe you don't want this room yellow. Maybe it would be better blue because the sun's, you know, on this side or that, you know. So decorate last. Decorate last so you can see your finished product and decorate accordingly. <laughs> so I, I recommend that people kind of start worrying about just building your business and then go back and decorate it. Because it may, you may have a different idea or inspiration, you know, yeah. for it. I don't, I don't think that branding is a big deal anymore. Of course, you know, your brand needs to be aesthetically pleasing, but Hey, a black and white palette is fine, you know, over all these crazy colors and you get into it. Like me, if I start thinking about logos and colors, like I'll, I'll totally get stuck there and just obsess over that. Cause it's easy. It's fun. And you know, you never get to the work. So I recommend people, you know, start working on building their actual brand and, you know, kind of seeing what it grows up to be before they give it a name and an identity. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you've got the inner workings of it there. You've obviously settled on something for the time being. Is that, I mean, I'm going to, I'm saying you've settled on something. I'm going to put a link to your, your personal website, which is what I've got oh, up sure. on screen. Oh yeah. So I have my branding worked out now, but when I first, you know, once I first, about two years ago, when I started doing things for myself, I didn't really do, you know, kind of a lot, a lot, basic name, logo, um, when I had my other organization, Rutherford County Black Business Network. But I'll say I probably had that for like a year before I even bothered with getting a logo because I was like, what if I change the name or, you know? And I, yeah. I did end up changing the name. So that's the thing, like things can, 
can, branding is not permanent and forever. I think a lot of people think that. You can pivot whenever you want to. That's the great thing about being an entrepreneur. It's your business. You can do whatever you want to. Yeah, and you can do it quickly as well, you know? You, you can do it quickly as well. I've, I've completely changed the name of my organization. You know, I kind of did an email with an explanation, put the explanation on the social media. No one even questioned me. They're like, all right, great. <laughs> What's next? I know, and that's one of the things when you are on your own and you're doing your own thing, you know, you can decide those things and just action them. You know, you just get stuck straight into it. Um, but I, I was just going to pause on the point we're saying about brand and its importance. I think there is a point with with business though where do, brand does become a, quite a big or quite an important factor. Um, sometimes it's the type of business, and I think with a personal brand that that, that you've got. Um, the kind of strategy or the story behind that, um, it, it, it does, it, it can feature, but it doesn't necessarily, it's not the main part of what you do, if that makes sense. Whereas some businesses, it's incredibly important for them to uncover that brand and that strategy to help them drive forward, right? Um, so sure. just, I just wanted to throw that in because I know you said the comment about it not mattering too much. I think it doesn't matter so much for you at the stage the that you're at. Yeah. I, I think in the beginning, it doesn't yeah. matter as much. When you're starting a business and you're getting established, um, it does, branding does matter. Branding matters big time. I just think when people are starting businesses, they get stuck there with yeah. the branding. And what, I'm, what I would like for people to not get stuck there, just kind of keep working and building out, you know, and coming into your brand. But definitely, you know, once you're quite established, you definitely need to have, you know, um, strong branding. And I do have personal branding. And I also have another business as well called Modern Noir. And so, and that, I do a lot of branding with that because I want that to be um, like a, a household kind of thing, you know, Modern Noir. I want, I have, you know, swag, t-shirts, you know, bags. I want, people to when they see that I wanted to just automatically kind of know what that is a lot like essence when you see essence you know exactly what it is who they are you know exactly kind of what to expect who their target audience is as well and I see that from modern noir and so with that that the way that I brand that is on a different place I don't say this is what we are this is to where I show it visually I show it visually um and so with modern noir I serve mostly multicultural communities and so I don't always out and say that but I almost use people of color in all of like my photos and my branding, you know, so you kind of get the vibe and you understand kind of who we are and what we do as well. So tell me, cause we've, we haven't really gone into modern noir and about that business. Um, tell me what the plans are for that. Sure. Um, Modern Noir started off as the Rutherford County Black Business Network, where I told you, you know, it was a community thing. We were kind of peer teaching each other. Um, it, it grew far and wide, like really quickly. I started getting into live events and the live events like were amazing. And that's how, um, you know, it kind of blew up. And so I want I knew that eventually I would want to expand. So that meant that I would need to remove Rutherford County, <laughs> you know, from it. Yeah. Uh, but then that would just leave Black Business Network and, you know, someone else was already using that. But then at the time, I was not just serving, you know, servicing Black businesses. You know, I had, um, you know, different kinds of businesses, um, you know, uh, Asian businesses, Indian businesses, just multicultural businesses yeah. were attracted to me um, because we didn't have that in the area, <laughs> you know. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so, and I really like that. I really like the diversity of the multicultural thing. So at one point in time, I tried using multicultural and like, it just wasn't, I, it just put me in a box too much. And so I was like, I just need like a name, like one word kind of thing. And so I came up with modern noir. It probably took me like four months to like decide on a thing. And it's a combination of modern and the word modern, you know, new, current, yeah, yeah. Um, and then noir, which is French for black. <laughs> but the and fact so that I it's put it French, together and it's modern noir. Yeah, you got some, you got, you got some multicultural in the name going on. You've got the bit of I French. Got, I do, right? <laughs> Listen, Dan, you're quick on your feet. You see what you did there? That's great. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Um, but it looked good and it rolled off the tongue, and people are like to say modern noir, you know, <laughs> as a funny thing. But now everybody says that modern noir. <laughs> so funny. Um, and so I just started branding. I started branding using the Modern Noir. Like I got shirts and, you know, those things. And so now people call me Miss Modern Noir, like <laughs> in the community, because I just kind of, I kind of beat people over the head with it until they like got it. And so now I was, because at first I was like, nobody's going to remember how to say this. Or they're going to be like, what is this? But now it's like a fun thing. And everybody kind of knows, you know. Um, and so, and I continue to work on the, the branding for that. My vision for modern noir is yeah. to be. So I don't know if you're familiar with Essence um, magazine. I'm not, but we're going to come on. We are going to come on to that one, aren't we? Okay. But yeah. Not probably. just yet. We're going to we're going to keep that <laughs> one in the wings. Yet. <laughs> okay. Perfect. So if Essence <laughs> and Black Enterprise, these two different magazines, right, merged. It would be modern noir. <laughs> so oh. Essence is about, you know, black culture and health and wellness and life, like whole lifestyle. And then Black Enterprise is about like wealth and entrepreneurship and business. So it's kind of like lifestyle and business merge because that that's my life. And so many of the people that I know, you know, that's their life where lifestyle and business is just kind of all muddles together. And I would like for it to be something that 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 merges the things and puts on, you know, live and virtual experiences um, for the audience. Um, I also have an entrepreneurship academy under the modern noir, um, under the modern noir brand as well. So there are lots of different things that I would like to do with it, but still stay in the range of multicultural lifestyle business. Um, I didn't like doing all business stuff I don't like doing all fun stuff I like to do like a mixture of both and so that's what I do through modern noir you're gonna have fun but you're gonna make some connections networking you're gonna learn some things you're gonna make some money <laughs> absolutely no yeah I agree well look that's a, that's another glimpse into another um, another business there from from what you're you're busy with so you yeah. don't have much time. <laughs> well, what I what I found is that I had to figure out a way to merge the two things that I'm doing, the, the publicist part and then also the modern noir part because I just don't want to have all these different businesses. So the way that modern noir and um, my, public, my publicity um, business works is that my clients and like my partners and my community partners um, that work with me, they are the people that I use to uh, kind of I have talent at my event. So my if you come to an event, like there's going to be like a live painter. There's going to be, you know, all kinds of cool things going on. My events are very Cirque. And so the people who work with me like that are my clients and the community partners. I use them in my, in my shows and in my events, kind of like as headliners. And so that's how it works together. So a benefit of being my client is that I will be able to book you <laughs> in my own shows 
um, you know, with lots of networking opportunities. I have tons of press at my events, um, you know, because I'm a publicist. And so that's why a lot of people like to do my events. I do like um, business expos. Um, and so those people kind of staff those things. Um, so that's how I merge them together. So I see, you know, I have my publicity business and then I also use Modern Noir as a publicity platform to showcase my clients. That was a nice. more succinct way to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I think that's great thinking strategically. So, so yeah, I had to make them marry together to make it make sense and not to have too many, you know, irons in the fire. So instead of getting rid of something, a lot of people say, oh, if you have three ideas, you know, just work on one. No, I say figure out how to make them one. <laughs> so anything new that's coming up that you've got on your mind that um, whether it's a new business idea or a, another kind of service that you're about to offer or are you kind of happy with what you've got and you're going to let this grow? Um, I'm never happy with what I have. <laughs> I'm always on to the next thing. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. Um, so coming up, I have a, a master class um, called How to Hero. And Hero is an acronym for Help a Reporter Out, which is a um, an online uh, website that has literally millions of media opportunities um, daily. And so I'm gonna be doing a masterclass on how to teach regular entrepreneurs how to create an account on Hayro and start receiving uh, media opportunities to the inbox. And of course, I have to teach them how to pitch. You know, there's a particular way that you pitch um, these these queries when they come. And so I'm going to be doing a free masterclass because Hayro is free to use. You know, it's for anyone to use. I wouldn't dare charge anyone to, you know, show you how to use something for free. But it is so catalytic to use that service. I've gotten into Forbes magazine by using that service. And so my goal with teaching that masterclass is to show people um, how simple it is to start earning media. And then of course, you know, it's very addictive, you know, and so they're gonna wanna keep going and going and they wanna do bigger and bigger. So eventually they'll need me like, hey, I need you. So I'm creating customers. <laughs> But I'm also giving them tangible tools to jumpstart themselves into publicity. So I have that coming up and I'm doing that twice. I'm doing it in um, starting Monday and it's a five day uh, course. And then I'm also going to do it again in September for anyone who wasn't um, able to uh, make that one. And then I have uh, actual like my very first online um workshop where I'll be working with people um, for six weeks on um, getting their brand and their business ready to start to pitch the media on a larger level. Um, these are things that I've had in my mind forever. Like I've had names and titles for all of my future programs and workshops forever, but I was just never able to pull the trigger, you know, kind of like that confidence thing, the imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. But like when there's something like inside of you that you're supposed to be doing, like it doesn't go away. Like you don't stop thinking about it. You know, it just kind of nags and nags and nags. And so I didn't have the tools or the knowledge at the times um, to execute them, but you know, I've learned what I have and I'm at a place now to start to execute. And so although I'm terrified, I'm also excited, <laughs> you know, to have Good. success. What I've really learned is that you just kind of, in business, sometimes you have to fail forward. Like you just have to mess up to figure out like, all right, that didn't work. So now let me do it again, but let me try this, you know? Oh, it's yes. not, oh, this doesn't work and I quit, I'm doing something else. I just really had to learn that, you know, it's just all like a science experiment. You just have to figure it out. Like, 
like, all right, this ad didn't work. They didn't really <laughs> like this picture. All right, well, let me spend $150 and, you know, try something else. <laughs> so I've, I've done a whole lot of that, and I'm, I'm just about there. Let me ask you about the masterclass, because that kind of... Pr- you know, picked my picked my ears up when I heard what you what it actually involved and what what you were doing. Is that is that sure. fully booked? If people, if anyone else has just heard you describing what that masterclass is, can they still get on that course? It is never fully booked <laughs> <laughs> because it's online. Um, it's, I have it through the Thinkific platform, so if you use Thinkific or you have an account, you can find it there. Um, but it's going to be evergreen. I'm going to leave it up there because it's, it's pretty much always relevant, you know, to use. Hero has been around for I think going on like 20 years, so the platform's not going anywhere. The information is good. I'll definitely update it, you know, as information updates. But I plan on having it evergreen. But for the first um, the first two rounds, you know, it's new, and so I'm going to walk people through it and mm-hmm. you know, kind of make sure that it works out if people don't get a part I might change that so this part is very experimental but I definitely need people to sign up for it because like I need people to give me feedback on you know how this course is working for them is something missing is something hard to understand am I going too fast am I going too slow you know you just can't create a perfect product without testing it out and so that's certainly what I'm doing um, but you know I'm giving my all (laughs) what we'll do we'll put a link to the the course in the show notes as well so that people can uh, can go check that out I think I'll definitely go and have a look I've got a Thinkific course myself so I know how Thinkific works it's a a really good platform Uh, yes I'm new to Thinkific and learning Um, currently I'm learning as I'm building (laughs) of course same I'm, I'm sort of you know maybe a month into generating the content for the um the course that i run which is a brand strategy course specifically aimed at podcasters so podcasters who whose brand they don't even know what their brand is and they've had their show you know usually i can be anywhere between sort of a year to five years but they, they they want to take it to the next stage where it's you know, they're looking for sponsors or they want to try and earn some money off the back of it. So they built up this follower, this li- this listener base, um, and they want to start earning some money. And brand is one of the things that comes under quite heavy scrutiny, you know, certainly with a mm. listener base. It's like, sure. let's build off the back of that. And when you approach a sponsor and they're like, wow, this guy's got really polished. The, the brand is there, the strategy is there, the visual sure. identity backs it all up and they're more likely to pay you more. So the course is steered towards the strategy Absolutely. side of things. Um, so I've got a couple of people going through that at the minute. It's going really That's well. That's awesome. It's very much so needed. I get invited to podcasts or, you know, I look for podcast opportunities for my clients and I check out the podcast. You know, I go and I, you know, I check out the platform. I see how many um, episodes that they've had. You know, I look at the, the the guests that they've had. I listen to a couple of them to hear the quality. Mm-hmm. You know, I look for a logo. I look for a website, like even before I'll even pitch a podcast or say so. So I think branding is very important. Um, oftentimes, you know, people will ask me to be on a podcast and, you know, and it's their very, they just started it and it's their first episode. And I'm like, yeah, yeah circle back around. <laughs> I don't know about this. Yeah. So, you know, branding is is definitely, you know, kind of an important thing and, you know, kind of just getting started and at least just doing podcast episodes and getting them up there because people want to see that, you know, you're active and that you post regularly. And I think podcasters yeah. now are becoming the new celebrities as well. Like you were saying, the entrepreneurs, oh, they are. you've got some big podcasters and you've got people who have been around since podcasting 
started and th- th- that is what they're known for. Absolutely. And podcasts is it's media now, like just like TV, radio, newspaper, magazine, podcast. Yeah. This podcast is totally a media um, right now. I love doing podcasts. I do a lot. Um, I always think about starting a podcast, but I much rather like come on other people's podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I noticed like a lot of other publicists do that as well. Like they don't have a podcast, but they're on like a guest on everybody's podcast. Yeah. I was like, I think I like that. <laughs> it's um, a lot less work. I'll tell you that now. Sure. Um, <laughs> pretty time consuming, but a labor of love because it's um, it's an enjoyable process speaking to people and seeing what everyone else is doing and hearing the stories and getting to meet the people. It's just a fantastic way to, to network uh, that I find. Um, what I want to do is a couple of questions that I, I said at the beginning I like to throw in and um, ask, ask each guest that comes on. And the first question that I want to ask is... If you met yourself 10 years ago, what would you say to yourself? So there's Tisha in a bar 10 years ago. You now walk past, sit next to her. What are you going to say? Hmm, let's see. 10 years ago, 10 years ago, what I say to myself. So I have to think about where I was in a place 10 years ago. So what are we in? We're 2020, of course. How can we forget that? 2010. So 10 years ago, I left Baltimore, big city Baltimore, and moved to Tennessee. I got married and we moved to Tennessee. So it was total lifestyle change. And that's how I ended up getting into the foster care. So I would say, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to sit down with yourself and say, look, there's an opportunity about to present itself. I highly recommend you don't. No. (laughs) So what Um, would you say to her to do? Yeah, what would you say do instead of them? (laughs) I would say, and that that was kind of a joke. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. Um, But the gist of it was that I would say to, you know, kind of stick with, stay in your magic, stay in your magic. That's that's a quote that a lot of people use, stay in your magic. Like I knew what my magic was. Um, I didn't you know, give myself enough time and faith and grace to, um, you know, relocate and find my magic spot again. Um, but it was here because I eventually did find it. So I would say, you know, kind of stay, stay in your magic, stay with what works for you, with what you like. I think a lot of times we compromise career wise, um, you know, just for other things, for money, for family, you know, all the things. But I feel like if I would have stayed a straight and narrow path from, you know, 10 years ago to now, I will certainly be a millionaire. Certainly be a millionaire. I love it. You know, if I just really stuck in and stayed the course. (laughs) And I I love that stay in your magic quote. Is that something that's, is that through your family or is that just like a friend circle that say that's quote? I've not, I've not heard it before. I've, I've seen like the quotes online before, you know, people share them on Facebook or Instagram, stay in your magic. Yeah. I like it. I would definitely say stay in your magic, stay where, where, what feels good. You know, um, what feels good when things feel good to us, it's because it's for us. I try to tell people that as well. It's for that. So when you do something and you love it and you're like, yeah, this is like, this is my jam. It is your jam. And that's why it feels good. And, yeah. you know, anytime you get the feeling like that where something feels really good or you really like that or you're like, I, I killed that, you know, I would love that. That is because that is your thing. <laughs> that is your body and your emotions telling you, yes, this is your thing. This is your lane. <laughs> 
And so that. I think just being, you know, plugging into that and going with that, you know, doing staying in your magic is something I definitely would have done, um, you know, Good. instead of testing the waters in different areas. You know, it's entrepreneurship is very hard. Life is hard, you know. All these choices and decisions, you know, it's hard to do the, the do the right thing. So, so if we look back over kind of your career and, and journey to this point, do you think that you've got a what I would describe as a biggest brand dividing moment. Do you think you can pick out a moment where essentially you became the person that you are? Um, There's a question. Yes. (laughs) And I can say that it probably happened more recently than I'd like to admit. (laughs) That's fine. um, Last year, I, like I have a lot of things like as a publicist you'll find a lot of us we kind of like to be in the wings and kind of in the back and not in the limelight but when you're building a business you have to be the face of your brand because people want to know who they're dealing with and so you know I kind of go in and out of that and a lot of times I feel like people don't see me or they don't see my ads or you know you just feel kind of feel unseen and you're just like I don't know how it's gonna go so I was hosting um an event an art show and I had a partner and the partnership didn't work out and I was stuck with this art show. I was supposed to do the marketing part. The other person was supposed to do the art part because that was not quite my thing, even though you know I worked <laughs> um, in the arts at the time. Yeah. Um, and so it got dropped in my lap. So I was like, there's no way that I'm gonna unring this bell, you know, cause I had been marketing it, promoting it and everything. So I ended up rebranding it to let people know that, all right, it's a different kind of vibe now, <laughs> it's me. Um, and I put to, I pulled off this event, you know, I did have lots of help, whatever, but I pulled off this event. And so I was expecting probably about 200, 250 people to come. My building could hold 750, um, 750 people at once, but 1,200 people <laughs> came to this Whoa. art show. <laughs> And I was so busy kind of like in the mix and making sure that things went right that I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't notice. I didn't notice. And it took my husband stopping me, like, listen, stop. <laughs> he literally grabbed my shoulders, was stop, and turned me to look, and was like, look at this. You did this. Look at all these people. And they were just people of every age range, of every race. I had, like, all the city council there. There was the media there. Like, it was, like, the biggest, coolest melting pot of people, like, where I live. It was, and people were saying, like, I've never seen anything like this here and my husband's like you did this like this is you this is your lane like this is your thing and I just had to really stop and look and was like wow <laughs> like all these people believe in me and they support me and you know they saw my marketing they saw the flyers you know they saw the 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 articles in the newspaper and that's when I was really like all right this is who I am and this is my thing certainly this is how people are going to know me here because it was such a defining moment. And so at that time, that's when I decided like, all right, this is this is who I am. You know, I'm a publicist. I have all my clients here. They're out here working the media. Like the event is great. The music is great. The food is great, you know? So all business is not fun. All social is not my thing, but something together, you know, that was like, that was definitely awesome. And so, you know, and that's when the modern war, my vision for modern war completely came where I was like, yeah, I could definitely see myself doing this on a larger scale and also traveling with it. And those are, those are my hopes for modern war. And what I didn't know was that um, there were uh, some others 
um, some people there from another state, a chamber of commerce. And after this was over, they invited me to their state <laughs> to uh, to do the art show as well. And so I was like, I was just thinking this thing should travel. <laughs> and here's the opportunity that was supposed to happen this year. But, you know, COVID. So know, um, maybe next time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what? A, yeah, you picked it out. That's that is or seems like that brand defining moment. Certainly when you're not, you you weren't aware of it and someone had to just kind of turn your head and go, look, look at what you've done. And then then that's that pat on that back, on the back, it's that reassurance Mm -hmm. and that sense of achievement. So So um, definitely taking a step back and not so much focusing on the trees because I'm a tree person, (laughs) you know? Okay. And I had to take a step back and look at the forest, you know? So sometimes you just kind of need to take a step back and look at everything that you've done that's going on collectively to be able, you know, to get get that brand defining moment. Absolutely. So listen, the kind of last part to the show is that I get guests to choose a boldest brand of the episode. So we've heard it name drop twice already, but I want you to tell, I want you to <laughs> let us know who you've chosen as your boldest brand for this episode, Tisha. Who have you gone with? What have you chosen? Yeah, my boldest brand was Essence. I've, I've talked right. about them quite a lot. <laughs> but um, Essence is has just been like a pillar media um, in, in the Black community. All my life, I've always seen Essence and always had the magazines. Grandma's had them. I always dreamed about being on the front. It's full of people who look like me, you know, and back in the 70s and 80s, you know, I was a kid. That wasn't really a thing. You had Essence, Ebony, and Jet. And Essence was like my favorite. And so I just love how they've grown. I think they've been in in, like 40, 50 years now, I think 40 years. Um, And they just pivot so much and, you know, they just change with the times and it's just really inspiring um, as well. And so I think, you know, Essence has, Essence has it down and I I aspire. (laughs) Nice. To their greatness. What a fantastic brand to pick because certainly of the occasion at the moment isn't it um well, yeah certainly but they've always been of the occasion but now it's just yeah. more Prevalent, you know more pinpoint yeah. focus on it yeah always brilliant so listen i i want to kind of wrap things up because i'm looking at my timeline here thinking we're just we've literally just hit the one hour mark now i like to keep it around an hour um and I know okay. that, or I feel like how we've gone through stuff, we could carry on talking about topic after topic. Um, oh, I can talk. I'll have, you have to have me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, that would be a, a really good offer, but I think we've covered some really valuable topics on, on this episode. And I think the insights that, that I've got and then the insights that the listeners will have got will be really quite fascinating. Um so listen, what I'm going to say, Tisha, is just I really want to thank you for coming on the show, taking the time out of your day, um, and, 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 you know, thank you for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. And so one last thing, and this is what I find when I do podcasts, so I try not to talk about my clients too much, you know, because confidentiality, but people are always like, well, name someone, name a celebrity <laughs> who you work for. So before I go, I'm going to give then. up one. <laughs> All right, then. And so one of my longtime clients is uh, Big V from the Nappy Roots. He goes by Vito Banger. Um, the Nappy Roots was a, um, a rap group in the 90s um, from the South, and um, they're not together anymore, but they kind of do different projects. And so when I was an intern at a radio station. That's how I met the Nappy Roots and how I met Vito. 
And then all these years later, I end up being his publicist. And I'm like, hey, it's me, the intern. Um, so that's pretty awesome. He has some great projects out. He's doing a lot of, of, of music. He's doing movies. You know, he's, he's older in age now. He has grandchildren and all. And so I'm liking these transitioning celebrities. You know, they're much more <laughs> right. easier to work with. Um, so he's one of my favorite clients. He comes through, you know, and does events and appearances for me. So there you go. There's somebody. Big V, Nappy Roots. Check him out. Big V, Nappy Roots. Well, I'm going to get all these links off you in two seconds once we wrap up the show, but you, awesome. I feel like you just need to have the last word because that's just, that's how this interview <laughs> seems to have gone. Not that I've minded it one bit, um, but I'll, let me try the ending again because I just want to say, Tisha, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for taking the time out of your day um, to come on the show. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I really had fun. <laughs> So here we are, the end of another episode. If you want to read more about my own work or my business, or if you feel like applying to be a guest on the show, which I am looking for new guests, if you feel like anything on the show has resonated with you on any level, please get in touch. You can do all of this via my website, which is danielocock.com. You'll be able to listen to more episodes on there. You can see some of my designs, some of my illustration work as well. You'll also find all my social media channels. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and there is some stuff on Instagram. You'll be able to engage with me directly on there. The podcast itself is available to download via most of the major platforms out there. So thinking Spotify, iTunes, things like that. If you like the show, then please don't forget to hit share and it would be great to read a review or two from yourselves. Um, just to tell me what you think about the show. I will read some of those out at the end of each episode and I'd like to give some special mentions and thanks to anyone who does take the time to write one. And on that note, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. And remember, if you're not proud of your brand, how do you expect anyone else to be? <laughs>